the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, hope you had a wonderful Christmas and a, a new year, and I pray blessings upon you um, this year, that 2015 will be a rich blessing on you and your families and uh, whatever you're doing. And uh, I also I pray that it will be a blessing to those who do not know uh, Christ, that they would come to a saving knowledge um, by knowing uh, our Lord and Savior. Um, I hate to start the year with something like this, but it's unfortunate um, that, um, uh, as you have heard this week in the news, um, a terrible act happened in uh, Paris, France, and uh, yet uh, another attack that is unfortunately associated with my former religion, Islam, uh, an act of terror, an Islamic terrorism against uh, innocent people, or at least people that have every right um, to express their views, to express um, basically their opinion, uh, to have the right for free speech, and so on and so forth. And it's troubling to me simply because um, I've always, um, you know, basically was raised to believe that Islam is a religion of peace and a religion of tolerance, yet at the same time, uh, I have witnessed many acts, uh, historical acts, might I add, uh, going all the way back to the time when Islam started 14 centuries ago, all the way until our days, that my former religion actually, what it preaches, does not practice. What I mean by that is a religion of peace does tolerate others, does allow others to express their opinion, the have the freedom uh, to say whatever they might like. Now, does not mean that I would appreciate sometimes someone else's opinion. It doesn't mean that I have accept the way maybe they insult me. But at the same time, the response is not by killing others. There is always other ways to defend what I stand for, defend my faith, defend my belief, defend my values, other than killing and terrorizing people. Now, this is tolerance. That's how it should be handled. And I'm sure, um, and I'm speaking directly now to my Muslim family, my Muslim neighbors, my Muslim friends. Keep in mind, even though I am a former Muslim, that doesn't mean I don't have Muslim families myself. I don't have Muslim friends. I'm sure all of you out there are also... Um, in a state of shock about what has been unfolding lately, whether we're talking about Al-Qaeda, Al-Shabaab, 
Boko Haram, and now ISIS, and the isolated lone wolf attacks, and many other uh, acts of terror that are associated with the religion of Islam, I'm sure uh, it's causing a lot of view out there, just as it caused me in the past some disillusion about what to really believe. Does this coincide with the values of Islam? Where do these people get these commands from? Why do they carry these actions and acts of terror? I mean, there's a lot of questions out there, and many people, uh, unfortunately, um, whether they are from the Muslim camp or outside the Muslim camp, either are in denial sometimes, and denial, by the way, is not a river in Egypt, uh, and they reject reality, or somehow uh, they are completely unaware of the foundational backgrounds behind those particular acts of terror that, since September 11 at least, every single one of them shares one common denominator. They're Islamic, which means they're associated with the religion of Islam. And as it grieves me and grieves my heart, knowing that the majority Muslims truly are peace-loving people, I also must admit, as I was one of them, they are under the bondage of this ideology that teaches those terrible acts. And it will take the majority, and I speak about the majority Muslim people, to stand up against the minorities who are terrorizing the world. And I know it sounds really ridiculous to say that a minority can terrorize the world, and unfortunately, in this case, that's what's happening. Just look around everywhere you go, in the news, on websites, on the radio, on TV, even when you travel, you see the effect and the impact of these minorities. So, I'm going to start, Lord willing, for the next multiple episodes at the beginning of the year to focus on this entire so-called ideology, and we are going to use ISIS, which is the closest um, culprit to this, uh, these actions. We're going to use them as the case study, and we are going to start a series that will be labeled the ISIS Brief. But before I get there, I am going to at least zoom in today on what happened in Paris and share some insights uh, as backgrounds behind the actions themselves. So we are going to listen to a two-minute report, and then I will give you my commentaries after that. So let's listen to this uh, two-minute report on what happened in France. in the heart of Paris. Masked and heavily armed, two men entered the building in the centre of the French capital late this morning and began firing. By the time they'd stopped, at least 12 people were dead. Many others were seriously injured. The police were quickly on the scene, only to come under attack themselves. 
Images posted on social media capture the drama. Eyewitnesses have been describing what they saw. A neighbour called to warn me that there were armed men in the building and that we had to shut all the doors. And several minutes later, there were several shots heard in the building from automatic weapons firing in all directions. It was really upsetting. You'd think it was a war zone. Charlie Hebdo, a satirical magazine, has been attacked before. Just over three years ago, its premises were firebombed after it published a caricature of the Prophet Mohammed. Shortly after this morning's attack, the French president came to issue a message of defiance on behalf of his nation. This is an act of an exceptional barbarism that has just happened here in Paris against a newspaper. A newspaper means free speech against journalists who have always endeavoured to show that in France you can operate to defend their ideas. The gunmen escaped in a stolen car. They're now being pursued by the police across Paris. John Brain, BBC News. Well, um, it is uh, definitely... Uh, it, uh, it grieves me as it grieves many uh, Muslims and non-Muslims uh, to see and hear of those um, acts of terror and atrocities against innocent people, no matter what the cause behind it. And yes, I agree that uh, it is sometimes despicable to try to uh, demean uh, uh, someone else's faith or attack their values, and I'm not here to try to promote those kind of ideas. But at the same time, the question we need to pose out there, is this the right way to respond to acts of expressions, freedom of expression in this case? And I'm sure majority of the Muslim people listening to me are going to agree with me that the answer is no. And I'm glad that the majority of the Muslim people agree that this should not be the way to respond to any um, freedom of expression or any other acts of freedom uh, that are afforded uh, to us here in Western societies. But the problem is what we believe in and what majority of Muslim people believe in does not really uh, match and jive with what the foundational teachings of Islam actually promote. And in this case, I am referring to two primary sources, the Quran, which is considered to be the word of the God of Islam, verbatim, as revealed from heaven, according to the Islamic teachings. And the second primary source is the teaching of the Prophet of Islam himself. Let's examine uh, quickly uh, these two sources to see if anything that we have witnessed, at least anything that we have seen happening in France, uh, has anything to do whatsoever with uh, the actions that were taken by these two terrorists. For instance, ISIS, and I'm going to use ISIS as an example, have issued numerous warnings against uh, the West, against uh, Western societies, and against France, for instance. So, uh, for instance, one of those um, 
basically uh, announcements and warnings that were issued by ISIS uh, by way of a uh, basically using their propaganda machine uh, as a threat against France, for instance, says this. This is the ISIS propaganda promoting acts of violence against people in France. And it's saying, if you are speaking to the Muslim people in France, if you are not able to find an IED or a bullet, then single out the disbelieving American, Frenchmen, or any of their allies. Smash his head with a rock, or slaughter him with a knife, or run him over with your car, or throw him down from a high place, or choke him, or poison him. This is what the ISIS spokesman, Abu Muhammad al-Adnani, stated in an audio tape back in September. Now, anything I said here sounds familiar to you? The idea of slaughtering someone with a knife? Something like this just happened recently, as a matter of fact, in France itself, in Tours. And just before that, we have an act of terrorism uh, by uh, uh, using bullets uh, in Canada. And someone with a axe uh, in New York was inspired by things like this. Running him over with your car happened in Canada, for instance. So obviously, there are some people who are listening to those kind of things. And then back again in November, another um, threat was issued by ISIS. This time it's saying, terrorize them and do not allow them to sleep due to fear and horror. There are weapons and cars available and targets ready to be hit. Even poison is available. So poison the water and food of at least one of the enemies of Allah. Kill them and spit in their faces and run over them with your cars. Do whatever you are able to do in order to humiliate them, for they deserve only this. Now, I know what some of you would say. You are going to say, well, wait a minute. These are just a group of terrorists who are issuing their own threats. There are no basis for what they're saying. And therefore, we cannot really fault the religion because of the acts of some of these uh, isolated terrorists. Well, it's, it's a good argument. The only problem with this argument is that unless you are familiar with the primary sources of Islam, the Quran and the teaching of the Prophet called the Hadith, you are obviously acting from ignorant because there are commands that are so obvious and so clear in these two sources that ISIS and others are adhering to and sticking to and following for the purpose of appeasing the God that they are worshiping. And it's a win-win situation for them. And here's what I mean by that. These terrorists that committed the act in France yesterday, I assure you, I meant this week, I assure you, they did not walk into the magazine, uh, basically, or the newspaper office, expecting to come out alive. They walked in knowing that they would die. How can you fight someone who truly believes in dying? 
And it's a win-win for them because if they commit basically uh, this act and avenge for their faith, as they stated, and then run away and not captured, that's a win for them. And if they die, they are truly convinced that they will go straight to paradise, a paradise that is filled with virgin women who are waiting for them, palaces, mansions, and the list can go on and on and on. So that's another win for them. My question is, how can you win against someone who truly believes in this ideology and those teachings to the point of willing to die as a martyr for these values? But let me take it a step further. Does the Quran truly teach something like this? Well, we've talked about this before, and I'm going to repeat again some of these references. Chapter 2 of the Quran, verses 191 to 193. Let's see portion of this. What did it say? The Quran, the God of Islam, speaking to the Muslim people. And kill them. Who are, who are the them? These are the infidels, the enemies of God. And kill them wherever you find them. Wow. Wherever you find them. So it sounds clear to me that this is a command that you would kill the infidels wherever they are, basically. Now, why are they the enemies of God? Any time someone commits an act against Islam, demeaning the religion, attacking the values of the religion, attacking the God of Islam, blaspheming against the God of Islam or the Prophet of Islam, you automatically become an enemy of Islam. Leaving the faith of Islam makes you an enemy of Islam. So there are so many ways that someone can become an enemy of the faith, and therefore this command becomes applicable against them. Let's look at another one. Chapter 2, the same chapter. Chapter 2 of the Quran, verse 244. And I'm giving you the references because I appeal to you. Don't take my word for it. Go and read it for yourself. Chapter 2, verse 244. Here is another command. Then fight in the cause of Allah and know that Allah hears and knows all things. Pretty clear command that when you're fighting the enemies of God, you are fighting in the cause of God. You are defending his cause. And therefore, this is an honorable thing that you are doing. The same chapter, chapter 2, verse 216, fighting is prescribed for you. This is a very clear uh, verse, basically. The fighting is not an option. It's prescribed here for you. Now, I know that many Muslim scholars are going to come back and say, well, wait a minute, you know, you're taking things out of context. No, I'm not. This is a clear command that is given in the Quran. And look at the opinion of all of the commentators and the scholars. And in fact, there is arguments between those commentators whether the prescription of this fighting is for all Muslims or only capable Muslims or only male Muslims. So the argument is not that it's prescribed or not, it's who is going to carry out this prescription. That's where the disagreement is about. So we're agreeing at least that the fighting is still prescribed for the Muslims against the unbelievers. Now let's look at chapter 3 verse 56 of the Quran it says, and to those who reject faith, I will punish them with terrible agony in this world and in the hereafter. So here is the God of Islam 
is saying, if anyone rejects Islam, and how do you reject Islam? Simply by mocking Islam, by not converting to Islam, or leaving Islam. In this case, you are being threatened that you will be punished. Notice where? I will punish them with terrible agony in this world, here on earth, and then on Judgment Day in the hereafter. So how are you going to be punished, basically, with a terrible agony here in this world? How does that work? So isn't that an open-ended, basically, um, an invitation for people to go and do whatever it takes to inflict this terrible agony? Let's look at another uh, verse in chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 151, it says, 151, chapter 3, verse 151 says, Soon shall we cast terror into the hearts of the unbelievers. Who are the unbelievers? The infidels, those who reject Islam, those who antagonize Muslims, those who deny Muslims to exercise their Islamic rights wherever they are. So by rejecting Sharia law, by the way, by rejecting allowing a Muslim person practice his own faith in complete way, basically, not just partially, but completely, you are qualified now to be an unbeliever, an infidel, and therefore the cast of terror into your heart is qualified now according to this command. Now, the reason why I am really expressing and emphasizing uh, those kind of commands that are found in the Quran, because I'm speaking directly now to my Muslim people, I want them to come out and try to defend the reason why these commands are there. And if the argument against this is those terrorists are misinterpreting, then here's my invitation. Why not the majority Muslims stand up against these minorities and try to clarify and explain how terrible these uh, minorities, these terrorists, are in interpreting the words of God? Therefore, it's the majority's responsibility to stand up. Only the majority Muslims can put an end to this. No one else can put an end to this. So it has to start from within. And if it doesn't start from within, and if it does not really start immediately, those kind of acts will continue, simply because no one is putting an end to it. And we're not going to rely on the West to do it, because the West is oblivious to the whole thing. In fact, no one is even admitting that there is an ideology that is behind all of this. No one is putting their finger on the cause to cure the problem. And we're using political correctness to always avoid and deny that there is a problem. So this is why I'm inviting the Muslim people, my people, my neighbors, my friends, to stand up then and prove these terrorists to be wrong. Another verse. Verse 74 in chapter 4. Chapter 4 of the Quran, verse 74, says this. Let those fight in the way of Allah who sell the life of this world for the other, meaning for heaven. Whoso fights in the way of Allah, be he slain or be he victorious. You see, there is a win-win and there is a reward that will be waiting. Another verse in chapter 4, verse 76, those who believe 
fight in the cause of Allah. See, it goes hand in hand. If you believe in Allah, you're commanded to fight now. There is no excuses here. There are no options. If you ask these terrorists, they'll tell you, we've done our duty because we are asked to do this. Of course, this is just the tip of the iceberg. And in the next few episodes, for however long it takes us, we are going to unpack all of these commands that are found in the Quran and found in the teaching of the Prophet of Islam. And we will study the case behind ISIS and why all of these things are happening. Our time is up for today, so thank you for tuning in. And if you would like to reach me, please contact me by email at Ministries at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in again next Saturday at 9.30 a.m. here on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ for Let Us Reason. I am your host, Al Fadi. Until then, have a blessed week. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.